You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. This is Father Randall Kiesel broadcasting live from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. And we're coming up here at the top of the hour, 10 o'clock, and we have a special guest with us here in this next half hour. So please stay with us. And we welcome Bishop Quinn from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Good morning, Bishop Quinn. Good morning, Father Randall, and thank you for once again having me. I look forward to our conversation. I do as well, because we have one of the best possible topics that I can think of, and perhaps you might agree, that the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, can you tell us about the Sacred Heart of Jesus uh, and why this is important? The devotion, I think, is probably my favorite. I realize, you know, there are many devotions that over the year I, I participate in, but the Sacred Heart is the one that dominates for me. Um, the uh, heart of Christ that you see on many depictions on statues or um, pictures, they show him with a burning heart. It's that furnace that never is extinguished. It's the uh, continuous love that the triune God has for us. So as we approach, you know, the Feast of the Sacred Heart, it's again another time for all of us to uh, reach out to others, invite them. It's a great message of evangelization, but in our own lives to always come to the wellsprings, to the very fountain of the sacramental life of the Church, from the heart of Christ from which poured blood and water, and to receive the mercy of the triune God. Amen. And Bishop Quinn, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, when did this devotion to be begin, and and uh, what is it about? What does our Lord want in this devotion? The devotion, I think, uh, has deep roots uh, in, in our understanding of how uh, the heart of Jesus is like the heart of the Good Shepherd, you know, who is constantly searching out his sheep. I think in the, uh, particularly the 17th century, it became more focused with the imagery of the, the burning heart, and particularly when St. Margaret Mary Alicoque, the Visitation Sister, and Paray Emmanuel in uh, France, did receive those beautiful apparitions of the Sacred Heart. And uh, she helped, even though she was in a cloistered community, she was able with God's grace, to promote that devotion outside of the community, of the convent. And uh, I know as a young man, uh, our family had a picture of the Sacred Heart, and that was always a centerpiece in our home. And today, of course, we have the uh, beautiful uh, image, too, of uh, mercy, uh, the Christ with the rays coming from his heart and his hands, it all, I believe, is another way of talking about the burning love that the uh, our God has for us, and that it's an inexhaustible um, wellspring of mercy for all. Amen. I, I agree. There's this connection between 
the revelation of the Sacred Heart devotion in the late 1600s and the, the more recent one of the divine mercy of the heart of Jesus. And can you share a little bit more about that, Bishop Quinn, any, any more commonalities that you see in what our Lord, uh, his intention to share these devotions to his heart with us? Uh, it's as if he, he's doing something and wanting something back, it seems. Yes, I think um, uh, what I can see, particularly with Sister uh, Faustina, St. Faustina, and uh, St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, uh, they're both very simple of heart. Uh, they were not sophisticated, and yet they received this most uh, beautiful message. And I think that sometimes, because after we've been in the world too much, we become too sophisticated, mm-hmm. and we cannot receive yeah, with a loving heart like a child, the great gift of mercy and love and forgiveness that the Lord can and does want to give us. So uh, my own thought is there's a great deal of parallel uh, with it, and the more that we uh, penetrate the mystery of the mercy of God, we are going to come to His heart. We're going to come to that flame of uh, inexhaustible mercy that never goes out. Uh, in fact, the other day when I was praying about this, it occurred to me like the burning bush, you know, in the book of Exodus. Yes. is kind of a, on fire with with love. It, in fact, Moses said he had to go over and look at it because it never consumed itself, unlike other things on fire. So the this fire of the heart of Christ uh, is also a message for us that it's inexhaustible. But on the other hand, we can't just be presumptuous, we also have to respond to the message. Yes, that's right. And that, and that maybe gives us a little opening to talk about uh, people responding to the message. And I, I, sometimes I find people hear the message of the Sacred Heart and Divine Mercy and the Heart of Jesus, and uh, rather than an eager, say, an act of faith or a curiosity like Moses I, saying, I need to go look at this, there, there might be a response of fear. Um, what would you say to the faithful who perhaps have some kind of fear uh, of drawing close to Jesus and in these devotions? What I, uh, you know, have said to people that when I do encounter that is for them to really uh, just take a few minutes and to um, look at their favorite image. Uh, mine, of course, is where Christ's heart, and he's actually taking his heart in his hand, in offering it. I mm. find that that particular image reminds me that <clears throat> even in my unworthiness and the fact that I, I don't deserve this mercy, but it's a divine love. In fact, it helps me to overcome that fear because God loves me more than my fears. Yes. Yeah. And it's as if our Lord is saying, look, I love you first and... I'm going to give you this. He, he invests himself in us. Um, can you go into a little bit, Bishop Quinn, some of your own personal practices of this? Do you, are you in the, doing a, a novena at this time, or are you doing any sorts of practices that are strengthening your devotion to the Sacred Heart? Well, my, my favorite, Father Randall, is the Litany of the Sacred Heart. Oh, yes. And it has been for many years. And uh, to take some time in uh, each day, the, the time for personal prayer, but to pray that more slowly, 
In fact, uh, all of those petitions, each one of them is really so filled uh, with meaning. But our diocese is dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, so our cathedral is the Cathedral of the Sacred Heart. And, of course, that's the day in which we conduct ordinations here. So I have a transitional deacon who will this year be ordained to the diaconate. So we're all kind of in a time period of prayer uh, for uh, Michael Churchill, Mm -hmm. and uh, old churches observing that time uh, as he prepares to give his heart completely to the heart of Christ. So those would be mine, but my favorite is the Litany of the Sacred Heart. Mm -hmm. It is. I I agree. I love that litany as well. I've prayed it many times as well. Um, Now, what about the the broader church? You know, this devotion is not... Only, of course, I think our listeners, though, here locally, there are many churches all through the world dedicated to the Sacred Heart. What are some of the, the common, broader devotions that you see or are aware of in the, the Universal Church to the Sacred Heart? Well, I, it was a tradition, and I don't think it has stopped, uh, that the uh, Feast of the Sacred Heart, uh, the Holy See, our Holy Father, has been asking that bishops gather their priests for a uh, some a day of prayer, or at least partial uh, time of the of the whole day, for prayer to the Sacred Heart, and a time for the sacrament of penance, to have confessors available, and then to have a little time for fraternity. So the the um, great church, the universal church, not only gives us the liturgy of the Sacred Heart, but I believe the Holy See for the last maybe 20, 25 years, has encouraged that we have these presbyteral gatherings uh, Uh for the strengthening of our priests in receiving mercy from the Lord, but also to be agents of it. Mm -hmm. That's right. And then um, some places celebrate the Sacred Heart here in the month of June. Uh, do, do you have, other than you know, the ordinations here and the feast day is normally in June here, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, I think probably almost always, is there anything regarding the month of June that you have in mind for the Sacred Heart, other than what you've mentioned already? Um, there isn't anything, I think, beyond that, other than, again, encouraging, uh, as we're restoring, you know, the uh, obligation to return to Mass uh, on July 1 is uh, really part of our obligation to the Lord uh, would be very much uh, a catechesis that can draw from the Sacred Heart, and we encourage our pastors to start beginning, um, you know, at Memorial Day, to begin encouraging people about coming back and Mm -hmm. to encounter the Lord and uh, in the Eucharist, and the Sacred Heart of Devotion is to me, a very beautiful uh, catechetical means to make that love and drawing people to it so readily available. Well, thank you. Thank you, Bishop Quinn. And we're uh, talking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus here with Bishop Quinn from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and June being the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And we're going to pause here now, Bishop Quinn, and go to a short break. When we come back after the break, we will continue with our conversation on this beautiful devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Stay with us on Real Presence Radio Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live 
where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at Lumen.Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know that your prayers today can still aid in the salvation of someone who died years ago? I'm Father Chris Alar. God is outside of time, and since he is all-knowing and all-powerful, he knows every prayer you will ever make and has the power to apply those graces to any point in time, past, present, or future. So if you have lost anyone, especially to suicide, and think that they are eternally lost, you can still help them. God can take your prayers from today and give someone grace at the time of their judgment because he forever knew that you would make that prayer and he wants you to help them accept his offer of salvation. So there is still hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning, Father Randall Kiesel from the Church of St. Michael, broadcasting live here on Real Presence Radio Live. Thank you for staying with us. And we have with us our special guest, Bishop Quinn from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Thank you for being with us, Bishop Quinn. Oh, Father Randall, it's always my pleasure. Thank you for being so gracious to me and giving me this invitation. I always look forward to it. Oh, praise God. And we're blessed to have this Catholic radio, and I encourage our listeners to continue to support this great uh, ministry, this mission of sharing our faith. It's a, a beautiful tool. And we're blessed. We were talking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and uh, you mentioned as part of our conversation before the break the Mass obligation in Minnesota and perhaps the wider province uh, will be going back into effect. Can you share a little more about that, Bishop Quinn? Uh, yes, I, I can uh, speak to uh, the bishops of the uh, state of Minnesota. We've been talking about uh, really every other week we meet on Zoom uh, as to how um, we are responding, uh, each of our dioceses, to the unexpected pandemic. Uh, when it came upon us, it was so difficult to make decisions. But uh, as bishops, we found that the Holy Spirit of course, not only with being bishops, but 
when we pray together as bishops and discuss matters together, the Holy Spirit will never, ever disappoint us. And so during the course of the year, we've every other week we have time together. But as the uh, pandemic, it looks as if we've been very blessed with the loosening of uh, requirements, uh, the, uh, certainly the wide availability of the vaccine. People are beginning to return to more normal activity. They certainly are going out shopping and going to, to malls, uh, doing their errands and all of that. Uh, as bishops, we thought it seems that it's appropriate uh, that the most important part of our life, the faith journey and the celebration of the Eucharist and being together in our parishes with others who are also seeking the Lord, that it's time uh, to reflect when on a date that we will, again, expect people to be at Mass and to take that obligation seriously and uh, not say, well, it's just as good if you're on live stream. So as bishops, we uh, did a lot of praying, a lot of thinking, consulting, and July 1, actually the weekend of July 3rd and 4th, that would be the first um, full weekend uh, that we're asking all the Catholics in the state of Minnesota, unless there's extenuating circumstances because of health issues or being a caregiver or no transportation, that the obligation is now back and has been reimposed. But it should be an obligation of joy uh, yes. to receive so, um, what would you say, an overwhelming gift of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. What a blessing, and that he's still feeding us, and he's in our midst, and for not uh, just uh, each of us individually, but he's there to make us into his body. And the opportunities for the uh, Eucharistic life, the bread of life. So uh, July uh, 3rd or 4th, and we're going to, I believe, the that will be announced in all of the uh, Catholic Diocese of Minnesota uh, today. Each diocese will, of course, put that out to their pastors, um, and all available communication. Yes, indeed, Bishop Quinn, well said. And, uh, indeed, while this, sometimes in some hearts might hear this as a, uh, as a rule, we're putting a rule back in place or an obligation. Uh, on the other hand, uh, it's, a, it's a call of love. And I, I think if we perceive it and understand the truth of it, our Lord is pouring forth his love for us in the Eucharist. And the way that we demonstrate that love back, as he's first loved us, and strengthened us to love him and not be afraid, we come to him. We take that practical step to be with him and show by our gift of time and then our energetic involvement, our interior participation, and then our involvement at Mass to love him back, that we show him our love. And it's, it's the, the real truth of the matter. The, the obligation is, is, to, is to love God, and, it, and that's a relationship. Uh, and you, I think you, you say it well that we, we, it, it's an act of joy. It's a freely choosing to be loved and to love. That's that's most human thing. Yeah. It is, it, and it's uh, uh, really from the Lord, an invitation daily. Uh, the Church, of course, encourages if we're in a state of grace. The Eucharist can, in many people's lives, uh, I've been very touched by seeing people who go to Mass every morning, 
before they go off to work. They have to plan that in their schedule. They go through great sacrifice to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, for most people, they, they may not be able to do that, but it's certainly um, an act of love to respond to that invitation on the weekends. And the, the church gives us from Saturday uh, after 4 o'clock and all the way through Sunday. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of time uh, for us. But remember, it's the Lord who's inviting. I mean, I don't think when we get an invitation from someone whom we love and loves us, you just throw it in the basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really want to be at the event. You want to show your love back, mm-hmm. and that's what the Eucharist is. It's such a sublime gift, but we have to show up, and our hearts have to be open to receive it. But to think this is the bread that on my deathbed, if I am uh, the Lord so wills it, will be the journey, the food for my journey to the triune God. So I always say to everybody, let's not make that uh, an experience we're not familiar with. <clears throat> be able to, throughout our life, be so centered in the Eucharist and every day being nourished if we can, but the sublime gift at the end of our lives to receive the body and blood of the Lord. The viaticum is uh, a privilege for us. I don't know of any other, other than uh, uh, Catholics and Orthodox, that have such a gift and consolation in our lives. Amen. Well said, Bishop Quinn. And this weekend we have the very special celebration of Corpus Christi. Uh, Can you share with us any of your thoughts on the celebration, even for this coming Sunday? Yes, I think many of our uh, <clears throat> parishes uh, that this year have been able to restore the Corpus Christi procession, that uh, it, it has been a customary uh, part of uh, Corpus Christi to be able to bring the Blessed Sacrament outside and for people to process uh, solemnly as they're praying, but also to have perhaps at an altar um, uh, rather close, but still enough for people to process, to have benediction. And uh, especially as the fields here in our diocese are greening up, what a wonderful time to not just adore the body and blood of Christ, but to see how he's going to feed us. Also, with not only spiritual food, but you see all of these rows now of corn they're a couple inches high. You yep. see the soybeans. Um, <clears throat> the Lord in His providence is constantly at work, and the culmination is the Eucharist. That's right. Uh, the, the Lord and Creator and Redeemer is continually giving new life in such a variety of ways. Yes. And so, Bishop Quinn, as, we, as people perhaps may be interested in coming uh, regarding the Eucharistic worship, um, do you have any devotions or encouragements regarding the faithful uh, for leading in the Corpus Christi Sunday? Again, um, I think that the, the, the best way to do that, uh, from my perspective, um, you know, I, of course, over the years being a teacher, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas is a huge part of uh, my learning and continuing to learn about his thought, as well as teaching it. But, you know, he 
uh, wrote the beautiful hymn that we uh, come to know, you know, as Panji Lingua, Tata Mergo. Yes. Uh, he was uh, gifted in uh, Ave Virum Corpus, Hail to Body of Christ. And uh, one of the ways is not just with meditation, that's the, always uh, a great grace to come before the Blessed Sacrament. The Blessed Sacrament is enthroned for us. But also, every once in a while, I like to put that sacred music on, Ave Virum Corpus, um, and allow the music about praise of this sacrament and to be somewhat overwhelmed. Let, let the beauty of the music, let your spirit soar and get ready for the next encounter in adoration or at Mass. That, to me, like just prepares the heart for this mystery of how he is present in his body and blood, soul and divinity, so that he can nourish us, just as he said in John 6, on the bread of life. And, and he's still doing that for us. Even as crazy and broken as this world gets, the fidelity of God uh, has never, ever been withdrawn. We do. We're sometimes not faithful. But God's fidelity has never, ever been stopped, even with uh, the things we do in this world. And sometimes the profane attitude towards the Eucharist instead of this sublime mystery. Oh, thank you, Bishop Quinn. And we have about 30 minutes before uh, we need to wrap up our time together. And would you give any encouragement for our faithful regarding travel plans this summer and keeping our Lord in the Eucharist first? Sure. You know, at my age, you know, I've, I'm really uh, rather technologically challenged, but I've been able to figure out things. So if you can do it at my age, I think most people can too. And that is uh, invite people to go on the websites with the that parishes have all their information. Dioceses have that. Uh, when they're traveling or they're in another state uh, to get the Mass times, it was a rule in our family on Sundays that we didn't do anything until we had been to Mass. And uh, I think that's a good rule. If you're traveling, you want to be safe, and the safest way is to travel in the hands of the Lord. And for a family um, to go to Mass, unless it's a very extenuating circumstance, I would say is part of our summer vacation, not when we can get it in. Thank you, Bishop Quinn. Thanks for being with us this morning. We're going to go to our break at this time. Stay with us. More on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.